It's tip-off time. The line, touchdown! Welcome to ESPN Chicago's Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Throws it to win it! Listen on your phone through the ESPN Chicago app on FM at 100.3 HD2 and on AM at ESPN 1000. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now here are your hosts, Jay Hood and Chris Black. Welcome in to Fast Break. I'm Chris Black along with Jonathan Hood here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Usually you hear this show Saturday afternoons, 1 to 3, right here on ESPN 1000. This week, Jonathan will have White Sox baseball in the afternoon on Saturday. So now we're talking to you here on the podcast, the Fast Break podcast. It's Hood, it's Black, and we're talking Bulls and NBA with you right here on ESPN 1000. Indeed we are as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, Chris. And, you know, when we take a look at this Bulls team, we just realize that there is layers to the Bulls' success where as a Bulls fan, you should be happy that the team is in the middle of the 40-win threshold. And this is a far cry from where this team was a couple of years ago. But but I, I would rather talk about this, this team and the way it is constructed right now and then figure out in the offseason how it can get better than to be – I don't know, the Lakers, I don't know, the Knicks, I don't know, Detroit, <laughs> you know, teams that are uh, never going to have a chance to be in the playoffs this year. A couple of things that I, I think we should uh, kind of talk about before we get into some playoff matchups and kind of how the final week of the NBA season is kind of going to shake out and, and shape up for the playoffs would be uh, we got news uh, this week that Lonzo Ball will be shut down for the season and that he will be out for the, the rest of this season and they will start a rehab program to work him back to be ready for the start of next season. Jonathan, to you, when you look at this team, obviously if all the pieces were together, I think we're talking about a different end to this season. But personally, when you look at just Lonzo Ball and his impact on the team, how do you think he fits in with what the Bulls need and what they will have in the future with the group that they currently have? Well, you don't need four or five guys to be control of the offense, right? I mean, if Lonzo Ball's out there, the line share of the time, you know he's going to be the guy that's the lead guard to be able to get the offense started. It's good that you have a number of guys that you can go to. That could be Zach to start to break. That could be Caruso. That could be Kobe White. Uh, could be Ayo DeSumo. But it, what you wanted is to have a Lonzo Ball there, a healthy Lonzo Ball that can be able to harness this offense. What I liked about Lonzo coming in is a guy that could be able to have really solid perimeter defense his three-point shooting was getting better his ability to go to the basket uh, and again because he's long and athletic he could defend some and then boy this Bulls team could use some defense I don't care where it is on the floor Chris as you know they could use uh, someone that can make some stops here or at least be a shot rearranger uh, and make it difficult on the opposition but when we take a look at Lonzo Ball 13 points a game 5.4 5.4 rebounds, five assists. You know, you you missed that for sure. But that's not the difference to me between a Eastern Conference Finals team and a first round and out. I, the Bulls need a lot more. Sure, you would have loved to have Lonzo because maybe you're not in your spot right now in the playoffs. Maybe you're a little higher, but still, he's just one cog to this Bulls piece, uh, and they need a lot more in the offseason. I'm a little surprised defensively that um, without Lonzo, I I felt early in the year that uh, Javante Green and Derrick Jones Jr. mixing in with Lonzo and Caruso, they were so good defensively, getting in the open court, creating turnovers, um, 
just being difficult on the defensive end, making making life hard mm-hmm. for offenses. And I'm I'm a little surprised that with Caruso back in the mix, you haven't seen quite the same from Green and Jones that we saw early on. And I know Jones dealt with his own injury issue uh, here in the season as well, and and so is Caruso. I'm a little bit surprised, like. To, to say and pinpoint that it's all because Lonzo is out still to why the defense has fallen off so much this year. Well, as you well know in the league, there are guys that you get off the bench and say, give me your best 10 or 15 minutes. I need to have someone to put a, a, stop, a stop on a certain guard or a certain small forward or whatever, right? And I think that Green and Jones are nice guys for a roster, but when they become focal points of your defense, that's a problem because you know that this league is predicated on stars or difference-making players on either side of the floor. And I just think that Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr., for what we saw early in the season, Chris, you know, you know, you like that he, they gave an effort. That's a kind of Billy Donovan player, kind of in a Lou Dort way where it's like, okay, Lou, give me the best that you can do. When he was at Oklahoma City, Lou Dort was put into motion as a guy that was a stopper defensively. I don't know if there's a Lou Dort on this Jones or uh, on this team with Jones and Green, but the point is, though, is that ultimately you want to even upgrade from that, don't you? I mean, it was good in the first half, but that's that that's not sustainable to me. Yeah, no doubt. And and something else that kind of fits with this whole conversation of like picking up the slack when someone's out. Lonzo's out. He's not coming back. Yeah. And and so you look to the other guys who are there and Nikola Vucevic has been there for the majority of this season. Yet the performance from Vuce has continued to dissipate as the season's gone along. I I think I've been one of the the few in the city to continue to, to back Vuce and to suggest like, yeah, he's had some rough games, but he's not as bad as, as some people have kind of, some Bulls fans have kind of pointed to throughout this season. Wow. But, but what we've seen uh, is he continues to miss open threes, to, oh. to, hit, to not be able to um, really come up in big spots. I, I think uh, the critique on his defense is, is false because I think he's doing exactly what he's being told to do in the coaching staff. And this idea where... A big today has to play, and if you're switching a lot, he has to play this this kind of no-man land between the three-point line and getting back to the basket because the number one thing most teams try and avoid is the free run at the basket. So a big like Vooch and others, uh, what they do is they, they shade towards the pick-and-roll ball handler, but also they have to stay in between to get back to the front of the rim in case the, the pass goes over the top, in case there's a rim run, in case of all these different things. I don't think Vooch's defense is as bad as as C-Red uh, Twitter people think he is. Um, but you know what is bad is his three-point shooting this year and his inability to hit an open shot, and that's killing this Bulls offense. I saw your Twitter, and your criticism is valid, especially against the Milwaukee Bucks. And, I mean, that's a... That's just a hard guard for anybody because the Bucks just come at you with with length and size and arms and legs, and they're just there to attack you. And uh, they're just they're the reason why they're the champs is because they're just so solid. Uh, after Giannis, you keep going through that roster, and they have guys that know their role. So I I, I look at Vucevic, and I would agree to this point that if you watch Vucevic in Orlando, he's a, a European guard. 
I'm sorry, European big that can be able to knock down the three. Uh, he can crash the boards and give you some rebounds. You know, maybe not the tough rebound, the offensive glass every time, but you know, I, I think that when it comes down to it, Chris, there's sometimes where Bulls fans are looking for the whipping boy, right? For years, it was Carlos Boozer, and I and I, I was part of that as well, is, is because after you saw a game. You saw the box score and you said, oh, he, he gave you 20 and 10. But it's not to 20 and 10 when you wanted it. It's 20 and 10 when you really needed it in the fourth quarter for him to be a difference maker. And I just think that Bulls fans are looking for someone to beat on. And I just don't think it should be Vucevic because he's giving you quality minutes. Chris, he's giving you, what, about, about 30 minutes a game, anywhere between 30 and 32 minutes a game. He's giving you a double uh, double digits offensively. Uh, many nights he's giving you, uh, you know, double digits and rebounds. As a matter of fact, as we look at this today in this taping, he's giving you 18 and 11. Um, yeah, who wouldn't want that on their basketball team, right? So I just think that sometimes the Bulls are just Bulls fans looking for someone to beat on. I don't think it should be Vucevic. That's not Giannis, by the way. That's not Embiid. That's not that's not uh, Nikola Jokic. It's Vucevic, and he has his own skill set that's pretty damn good. Yeah, for sure. And earlier in the season, the Bulls were a top five offense. Uh, they've now dropped to 11th uh, in offensive efficiency in the NBA. And then we, we know the story with the defense as well. I, I think some of that you can point to the injuries. Also, you know, like here, here's the harsh reality of the conversation. Denver's been perfectly healthy this season. Yes, no. No, uh, no, they no. have not. Uh, the L.A. Clippers, have they, they been perfectly no, healthy this season? Mm-hmm. No, they haven't. You know, like like teams go through injuries. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, you remove the Kyrie vaccination stuff. When James Harden was there with the Nets, he was injured. Mm-hmm. KD was injured for a period of time. Like, teams go through injuries, and to continue to point to injuries to why your team continues to play poorly, especially against top competition, like, that to me doesn't set, set well. doesn't sit well with me. I, I feel like at a certain point, you're either good enough or you're not. And you got to go out there and prove it. And this team multiple times throughout this season, and, and we've uh, had to comment on it and to uh, talk about it each week that we've done this show, they continue to prove to us that they're not good enough in these spots, in these big situations, which would, would lead us to the conversation about what teams do they actually match up well with when we look at the playoffs. All right, so the, the question, which team could the Bulls beat uh, in a first-round series. And we know that the Bulls can't take on everyone in the first-round series, but take a look at the teams, the top teams in the East. Chris, if the Bulls played Miami in the first round, I would say, if not a sweep, Miami would win that in five. Agree or disagree? I could go with you on that, yeah. Five, yeah. right? Yeah, five. Yeah, probably, yeah. If the Bulls played Boston in a first-round series, I say Boston, I think it, I think it goes six, and it's a tough one, too, because it's not like uh, Williams is out the big for Boston. Will he play in the first round of the playoffs? No, he won't. Okay, yeah. so now, so that's the advantage Bulls in that regard. I still say that the series goes six. It can go either way. I'll just, I can give the Bulls uh, the check mark there, but I don't think it's – I don't think it's that close. I think I think it's I think it's it, it could go either way, Boston or the Bulls in that spot. I think Boston's the best possible matchup for the Bulls with mm-hmm. the possible options that they have for the first round. Um Jason Tatum's gonna be the best player on the floor though. Yeah. And we've seen him before in playoff series or big spots 
to kind of take his game to another level. Does DeMar DeRozan have that same thing? Can DeMar DeRozan take his game to another level once the playoffs begin? So you'd rather have Tatum and Brown over Levine and, and DeRozan if you had your choice. See, that's so, that is so tough. I, yeah, mean, I, mean, I mean, right now, Zach Levine's hurt, so don't you have to say yes to the Celtics? Fully and, healthy. Yeah. Well, what, what, if you got, what if you got a not fully healthy, but good enough where Levine can be able to move around, still knock down the threes, and you know he can give you 25 points a game? It's, a, it's definitely more dynamic scoring with Levine, right? But Haven't you, seen enough here in the second half from Zach. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. it, it, you would like to say DeMar and Zach are the better uh, pair. But unfortunately, the, the Celtics have played great basketball. Um, Brown and Tatum are both fantastic. I and, and Zach's kind of, you know, he you can say injuries, absolutely. But also, he, he's not playing his best basketball either. Especially defensively. You So you said six games. I, I think I would go there. I'd go there with you, and they're probably the best chance the Bulls have. If the Bulls played Milwaukee, it would be a no. sweep. Yeah. No chance. If you're, not, Bulls, you're not winning. If the Bulls played Philly, it would be uh, Philly in five. And I, I give the Bulls a game because what I look at is like an Embiid foul trouble game. That I mean, even though, as I told you, and you winced, I told you this last week, I still think Embiid would get my MVP vote. He would. Um, but but the point is that I, I am holding out for like a bad, hardened shooting game or foul trouble with Embiid to give the Bulls like a narrow victory, one in that series. Can I give you a messy five in that for my yeah. answer? A messy five? Yeah. And what I mean by that is uh, the Bulls will get like, they'll get a win and they'll win by like 14. Mm. So like you'll be feel, like Bulls fans will be feeling good. They, they, they hold home court, right? You're feeling great. And then they get they blow they get blown out by like thirty five the next night, <laughs> and then then the following game a gentleman sweep, uh, so they get the one. But basically that one game was just like it didn't it didn't fit right with the rest of the series. Totally different. Embiid like scores like fourteen points or something, uh, and and you know Harden's sitting on the sidelines not even participating. And then they they then blow out the Bulls for the rest of the series. I, I think that would be a messy. Five game uh, series. Did you call it a gentleman's five? Is yeah, that, gentleman's sweep. sweep. Yeah, gentleman's sweep. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I want that on a t shirt. Gentleman's sweep. sweep. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, if the Bulls played Toronto in the series in, in the first round, I'd say that the Bulls would win in six. Yeah, that that's a little tougher to uh, get to that point, but I, I agree with you. I think the, the Chicago Bulls can take down the Raptors, no doubt. If the Bulls played Cleveland, Allen's out. For the foreseeable future, isn't yep. he the big? Yep. Okay, so the the Bulls win that uh, in six. Yeah, yeah, I think the Bulls could beat the Cavs. I'm with if, you. If the Bulls play Brooklyn in a first-round matchup, the Bulls would lose in five, if not swept. Yeah. yeah. I say five. I'm giving the Bulls a game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Five? A DeRozan I, I think... game. A DeRozan you know, game where he goes for forty, and that's just, just the way it is, man. Like, like if you can't guard, you're going to have to score in the one twenties. Right. I think that the Bulls will do that at least once against them. Yeah, I think the Nets and the Sixers. I view it the same way. I, I don't, I don't think the Bulls could get more than two games. And I think the way the the flow of the series could be is that the win that the Bulls get does not fit with the rest of the four games where they lose. If that makes sense. If the Bulls played a uh, first round matchup against Atlanta, would the Bulls? 
win that series. Yeah, I'd, I'd be confident in that. Even though the Bulls went down to Atlanta and played a terrible game earlier this season, I, I think they, they take down the Hawks. Six? Five. Ooh. Five, yeah. Hmm. That's a fiver. Hmm. Yeah, in favor of the Bulls. Charlotte's a uh, five also? No, the Bulls could sweep the Hornets. Huh. I think the Bulls could sweep them. Not a crazy ball game. I'm talking about uh, LaMelo ball. Not a crazy LaMelo. Great crowd in Charlotte. Big spot. No, no, that's... Game for uh, your life. No, DeSumo. Game for your life, uh, Io is is the one that takes over, <laughs> sweeps them out. Okay. Game for your life. And so and we, we do this exercise because we are looking at the hierarchy of the East and the West. This is where the if the Bulls were ever to have the miracle to go against a team in the West, swept by Phoenix, swept by Memphis, <laughs> uh, losing against Golden State. Can you lose this series in three games? In, is that uh, an option for the Phoenix, the Grizzlies, and the, no the Warriors? Three Two. game sweeps? Yes. <laughs> like it's 1994? Dallas? Uh, uh, it's uh, six that you lose. Six. That in six, yes. Yeah, six. Six. Utah would be five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Denver would be about five or six. I'd say six with the Nuggets. Minnesota would be the Bulls winning by seven. A uh, that's, that's a seven-game, yeah. I agree with you. I think that's a scrappy seven-game series. Bulls win that, though, right? Uh, or not? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, they, they, there's a lot more drip in Minnesota than it is in Chicago. A lot more know. swag. They don't know what they're doing. You know, the, you know, all those kids on that team, Edwards, the veteran uh, Carl Anthony Town. That's a good team. Minnesota has 45 wins as we record this, and so do the Bulls, 45. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the Bulls win it, but that's a seven-game series. That, that's, a good, uh, that's a good series. That's the series that, that originally starts on NBA TV, but it's the one that everyone's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> it, it switched that. It starts to – wait yeah. a minute. Even though this is the finals. Oh, this is the finals. I, I, thought, we're, Bulls- I thought we were talking about, like, <laughs> mythical first-round matchups. <laughs> You're talking about the NBA Finals. Yeah, well, I mean, even if it's Timberwolves-Bulls this year on the Finals, then that's going to be starting on NBA TV. I think if it was on the NBA, if it was the NBA Finals, it would be on NBA, NBA yeah. TV. <laughs> 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and then the Clippers. I think the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers would beat the Bulls. Yeah, they'd outshoot them. Because right? there's a possibility that Kawhi could be back in a week. And if That's you have true. Kawhi and Paul George, there's no chance you're beating them. Uh, the Pelicans, how about that? The Pelicans beat the Bulls' ass, what, yeah. like two weeks ago? Yeah. Who? That'd be a six- or seven-game series with New Orleans. By, uh, by the way, the stepfather of Zion Williamson says he'll be back this season. I yeah. don't know yeah. how he sticks his beak in there and knows that, but, I mean, all of a sudden now, Zion in a meaningless season is going to come back to show what? Stay out of there. Well, what, what if they play in? Uh, they beat the Spurs, and then they face off against like the Timberwolves. They play their or the Clippers, and they play their way in. Is he coming off the bench? Yeah, why not? I New mean, Orleans? like, wouldn't fifteen to twenty minutes of Zion be a difference maker? I mean, we saw it in his first two years of the season. Him just being on the court, he's unstoppable when he gets the ball near the near the basket, and. Defensively, he he's like always lurking around the rim to make blocks or to deflect passes. I don't. I I think it would certainly help them. They're playing good basketball. I know that's not popular for me to say this. I just, I don't know what that is. 
Chris. I don't I don't know what that looks like with Zion when he returns. I don't know that what you just described is Zion healthy and all those points are valid. I just don't know what that looks like. Well, what if, what if the, the grind of the season, you know, it's not there. Everyone else is playing on, you know, eight months of basketball, seven months of basketball. Zion shows up fresh. I could, I could see it being something that could happen. No, probably I mean, not likely, but it could happen. He, he can come. I just don't know what he was going to look like on the floor. Would I rather have a healthier Zion than a Hernan Gomez? I don't know. I I, I probably would. I, I know just that, see, here's a like uh, my thought with Zion is this or Jackson Hayes. They, I mean, he's played well. I I find it hard to believe that his sophomore year, where he scored 27 points per game mm-hmm. on like 60 percent shooting and like 10 rebounds. I find it hard to believe that that was like a one-time thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was a fluke. I feel like whenever he gets his body right, he's going to return. And he's immediately going to be an impact player. Well, that's the hope because I'd rather talk about him in a positive light of him coming off of an injury. Everyone says he's too heavy and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, obviously I'm rooting for him. Uh, I just I don't want him to just rush back just to rush back, though. I want him to be healthy and be the impact player that he, we thought he would be when he blew out of, uh, blew out of his shoe uh, at Duke. That's what I want to see. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spurs. Spurs get the Bulls in, in the – Oh, oh! I stopped the list here. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't have the Spurs on here. No, no, the Bulls would beat the Spurs. Okay, good, 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 yeah. good, 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 good. Yeah, I don't have it. I stopped the list after good, good, a certain good. moment. Yeah. Uh, should we address the team? Uh, do you have a thought here on the team that has been eliminated from the Western Conference? Uh, if the Bulls face off against the Lakers, how would that series go? Bulls in four. Mm, no, that's a tough with with a, Rich Paul uh, leaking uh, Kurt Rambis as a possible uh, replacement for Frank Vogel to the media because uh, oh my god, Clutch Sports is uh, you know trying to pull all of the strings in the background. I I saw Stephen A. Smith go off on that on NBA today uh, or the NBA tonight on that show. I. I you, there is no way that Kurt Rambis should be around any organization as a head coach. We already saw what that looks like. That's just ridiculous. I agree with the Ringer when they wrote the piece that says that the Lakers are the worst underachieving team in NBA history because they cited teams like the 06 Rockets. You want to know why Jeff Van Gundy's not coaching? Is because three out of four years in Houston, they got bounced in the first round. Yeah. That's why he's yeah. that's why he's on ESPN ABC. If people want to know, hey, maybe Van Gundy can come back. No, that's the reason why is because that's an underachieving good Rockets team during that time. Yes, it was after the championship run. I get that, but still, like there's a, that's an underachieving team. The uh, 2013 Lakers, the 2014 Knicks, and you can put the Lakers on there because the Lakers were supposed to be a team. If as I look at this. Chris, they uh, were slated to win 52 games, mm-hmm. according to Bet MGM, and yeah. look where they are right now. You know, think about this. They're not even good enough to be in the play-in. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, they combined for playing 21 games. And by the way, they were 11-10 and 10 in those games. So even when you had their quote-unquote big three with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron, it still wasn't good enough through 21 games. So... 
this is once again LeBron putting this team together. It's the Wild Hogs all over again. Tim Allen, uh, Martin Lawrence, John Travolta, all these guys coming together for one more run, and it did not work. And now they're not even in the play-in. How embarrassing is that for the Lakers and LeBron? That's this. This is a black mark on LeBron James. You know, I'm not a hot taker. You know, I do mild takes. Mm-hmm. But but you but you. But I mean, yes, you got a championship. You got bounced out by the Suns, and now you're not in the playoffs. This is a negative on Le, on the LeBron resume. There's no doubt about it. What what sits with you longer? The um, if you're a sports fan and you you want to have the memory of something, what is going to be the lasting image of LeBron? Is it a bubble Walt Disney World championship? <laughs> Seriously, with the Lakers, yeah, or that he gets bounced in the first round the year after, and the year after that, his team can't even make the play in. Mm-hmm. He's still in his prime. Like, like this is why I get so annoyed by the millennial Gen Z lazy garbage take. The LeBron Michael stuff, because oh. the people who who talk about it, the Nick Wrights of the world, they don't understand Michael Jordan's career. Right, they're just sitting there looking at uh, statistics and saying, "Well, LeBron's going to have the most points. He's got to be the best. LeBron's going to have the most rebounds. Got to be the best. LeBron's got the most of this. He's got to be the best. He's played the most years. Got to be the best." And they they didn't actually consume and go back because they're at a certain age. They didn't go back and actually consume. Chicago Bulls basketball from the 90s, the late 80s, and, and what Jordan accomplished in his time. He, he was only in his prime for about 13 seasons. Mm-hmm. Where, where LeBron, you could argue, the longevity is so impressive, but it, don't compare him to Michael Jordan. Compare him to Carl Malone. If you want to compare someone for, for the most points that they could get, for the, uh, the amount of years that they played, Carl Malone's a, a closer cop to LeBron than Michael Jordan. I, it, it just frustrates me because... You could say, yeah, but Jordan at the end didn't make the playoffs, which is true. His last two seasons with the Wizards, he did not make the playoffs. That is true. Mm-hmm. But I would, I think at that time, in that era, Jordan with the Wizards was completely different than LeBron right now, currently with the Lakers. The championship window was still available for, or was supposed to be open. You you mentioned the number from BetMGM, a 51 team. A 51 team. Mm-hmm. That means you're a championship contending team. Was Jordan with the Wizards a championship contending team? No. No, no. And that's like, that is what is so frustrating about this whole thing. You're right. It is pathetic that they didn't make the playoffs. And they now have two extra teams that get considered play in teams to be in the playoffs, the ninth and the 10th seed. And the Lakers aren't even good enough for that. It is absolutely pathetic. Ten slots, and you couldn't get it in. Ten. Listen, Jordan didn't get ten slots with the Wizards. And by the way, he averaged 20 points a game when he retired. Yeah. I mean, when he finally retired from the game. So he's still still, low. Yeah, I mean, I've heard all the stories from Brendan Haywood uh, because I did a lot of shows with him on NBA radio regarding, you know, playing with Michael Jordan and things he learned and, and watched the work ethic even at the end. So, I mean, this is why it's tiresome, right? As I always say, I just see young people, younger people will look at LeBron James and believe that he's the king and that he is the best. And and God bless him. They're they're entitled to that. However, I'm entitled to look at 
how Jordan, and because I'm a little older than you, I saw Jordan at the beginning. Yep. Saw Jordan had a hard time against the Bucks. People forget about that part of the Last Dance documentary. Right? It wasn't just right to the Cavs and then you know getting to past the Pistons and win the championship. They had a problem with those Terry Cumming Bucks. That was a hard time for them. Uh, to try to get past them in the in the mid '80s to be able to finally take on Cleveland and then move forward. So the the history's been written. We understand that. But when it comes to LeBron James, as I told you, that there is two faces of LeBron James. It is the basketball romantic who loves the game, who loved having the uh, the. Uh, jacket on the NBA 75 jacket and be around some of the all time greats. And then there's the business side where he meddles, he meddles and he wants to be able to control things. And that's cool. You want to control things. That's fine. But it will blow back in your face though. When you say, you know what I need? I need Dwight Howard. and I need mellow and I need, you know, I need Russell Westbrook and I need a healthy AD, all this stuff, man. I mean, Rob Palink is a general manager. And and when we hear leaks here and leaks there about the Lakers, like Magic Johnson, he, he is such a, a valuable guest. I know that we laugh at him on Twitter because he says the obvious. But, Chris, when when Magic comes on first take and says, you know, we probably should have we probably should have DeMar DeRozan on the team. If we had DeMar DeRozan, we'd be in the playoffs. I mean, here's Magic. He's yeah. still tied to the organization, right? And he just drops that bombshell right there in New York and just says, yeah, you know, we were in line to get DeMar DeRozan. If we had him, you know, then we'd probably be in the playoffs. Well, you probably would be. Uh, but 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 again, when you let your superstar dictate what dictate policy and dictate what you want on the roster. You get what you deserve. I also think uh, Anthony Davis will be a fantastic piston next year. <laughs> Is um, that where he's going? <laughs> yeah, I mean that ain't it, right? Like, well, he's always hurt. Uh, there's been reports that he's come into camps uh, not in shape. Uh, there, there's stuff out there uh, with Anthony Davis and. It sounds like he's the one that's going to get moved, but that's partly because you can't really trade Russell Westbrook for anything, and LeBron's not leaving. Well, they're going to try to trade Russ. They will try. Yeah, but they're not going to get anything back for him. I mean, what what would you get? Second-round pick? Yeah. Like, who's taking on that contract? What what benefit would it be? But I think Anthony Davis uh, could play out, you know, the next seven years of his career with, like, the Magic. It'd be fine, right? I guess so. Get him in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. I can see that. Yeah, I guess get him so. in the playoffs. Is he available? He's not going to get them into the playoffs. He doesn't play. Anthony Davis, street clothes. He's always hurt. Street clothes will get him in there. I mean, he, he won't play a full complement of games because that's not what he does. I mean, he takes out the braids and gives gives you the blowout. He gives you a nice fro. I tell you what. I mean, Anthony Davis is closer to being part of uh, the cast of Winning Time than a winning championship team. That's for sure. Um, but I tell you, when when I'm looking at this. T- <laughs> Well, I look at this whole situation though with the Lakers though. It's just it's just amazing the drama. Once again, here's an NBA uh NBA season with no New York Knicks, no Lakers in the playoffs. Just as we had it a few years ago. Just yeah. when you thought the arrow's pointing up, right? And so and for the Lakers, I don't know wh- where they go from here. I don't know it, and you asked me what's the, the image. Well, LeBron says he wants to play with Bronny. He said they're going to be a package deal. Well, how will LeBron get up and down the floor? With with bloody stumps and no legs, <laughs> he's, he's going to be Sabonis of this era. Like At how, age how, forty, yeah. How how will he get up and down the floor? He says we're going to be a package deal. If he comes to the NBA, I'm going to play with Bronny. Right. See, he's trying to control it all the way to the end. Chris, you just can't do that. And if your organization, now that you see LeBron, 
LeBron now, it's not diminishing returns. Yes, he can still score the ball, but he needs help. He can't do it by himself. I mean, he will. he's tampering in the open for everyone to hear and see. And what organization is going to say, yes, LeBron is the answer? Because are you sure you can win a championship with LeBron if he brings in the guys that he wants? You saw it happen once. Right. Can it happen twice? Right. I don't know. Not with the Lakers. That's not for I think that his his – opportunity to win a championship with Los Angeles is done. Yeah, I'm that, with you. That, I'm that's with you. why that's why the All-Star Brook you wanted to go back to Cleveland. Yep. Yep. You heard this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh do you have a couple of wheel questions? You got the uh should I get the wheel out here? I bring it up from uh downstairs. Usually uh we're recording the podcast in studio A on the seventh floor at ESPN one thousand today. Yes. Uh usually we have the wheel down in the State Street studios that you can walk by and look in on the first floor. Should I I brought the wheel up here. Should we spin it? Yes, please. Thank you very much. Let's see what we got here in the old wheel. Oh, there it is. Not a lot of topics here. Uh, power play against the Kareem apologizes LeBron. Uh, oh, here's a, here's a topic. Kareem. <laughs> Kareem. You saw it. It was spinning by. It says Kareem apologizes. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's a legend. It didn't land on that, but we it landed on best TV radio analyst in the NBA. So who is, for you, the best television mm. analyst in the NBA? Some would say for football, it's Aikman. Some would say Romo. I don't know who those people are, but some would say Aikman. Some would say Collinsworth. For the league, who is the color analyst of the league, ultimately? The best. That I enjoy the most? Yes. I would I would select with my number one pick Doris Burke. Hmm. I like Doris Burke. You know why? Because Doris is about um, broadcasting the game in front of her, mm-hmm. and there is way too much consuming those who are calling NBA games, which turning the NBA broadcast into first take. Mm. And I don't need that. I don't need uh, the opinion space ruining the NBA broadcast league-wide. Now, let me clarify, as a, a color analyst, lead analyst for, for the league, uh, you need to have an opinion. But I don't need your opinion as if you're filling a 15-minute segment on ESPN2 every morning. Mm. Do you see the difference? Like, I do. Like, the opinion should be about the game taking place, not the opinion is the Lakers off season or this, that, and the other league wide issues, uh, bashing the referees, whatever the case that Van Gundy's up to, you know, like, <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> or Mark Jackson. Uh, huh. um, you know, right. but, but I, I would say, you know, Jim Jackson's really had a nice season. I think I agree for TNT. Uh, first year, I think as a full time TNT NBA analysis guy, uh, and I think Jim Jackson's really been good. I like listening to Jim Jackson on his local call as well. Um, I believe he's with the Clippers now, right? Okay. I believe, I'll check I it out. But I, I, check I, that out. I think uh, I, I would go Doris. I think Jackson's good. Um, the Clippers, are, that's Fratello and Brian Seaman. I didn't look that up. That's just what I remember. Yes. Unless Fratello's only doing some of the games. I don't, think he, I don't know if he's doing it all. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Mike Fratello's doing some with Brian Seaman, the play-by-play guy. Jim Jackson is around the league. I hear him a lot on the Big Ten Network and doing some college stuff. Um, but I think his NBA stuff, I think he's coming to his own, that is for sure. 
So yeah, that's that's what I would say. What what would you answer? The color analyst for the yeah, NBA. He does, uh, Jim Jackson does uh, Clippers on uh, Bally Sports West. So he does it, must be doing it part-time. Yeah. Or doing the majority of them. I knew I've heard him on it. So, yeah, he, I, I think he's really good. The color analyst of the NBA, for me, is still Hubie Brown. Oh, Hubie's great. Now, I know he's really getting up in age. And I know that for a certain generation, people don't like him saying what we have to do. And he puts himself in that situation, says, all right, we have to. And he's talking about, I don't know, like the Bulls or talking about the Bucks. He's not saying that right, he's right, saying, right. but people get that confused, right? Uh, well, we got to do, okay, get in the painted area. What he's saying is, is that if he's the coach or if sure. he's the player, like this that. is what we have to do, right? And I know that it, it pisses people off because the, the perception is is that why is he saying we? Is he against our team? No, he's putting himself in that scenario of what to do. I still think that Hubie, and and he's not getting the prime shifts anymore. We'll see him more in the playoffs, but you could just tell Chris that you get a little bit more Vince Carter on ESPN. Yeah, you get a little bit more Stan Van on TNT. You Oof. just you you just. <laughs> You're just not kidding. Well, he's not talking about social justice on there. He's actually locked in on the game. I mean, Stan Van, it's fine. His it's thoughts fine. on that are fine. Like that, that does. I don't. I, it's I, fine. I just feel Stan um, Van's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Van Gundy, the Van Gundy. I get it. It's fine. I get it's why Stan's people fan. like it. I like Stan over Jeff, quite frankly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I would say it's for me. It's still Hubie Brown. All right, Hubie, that's good. Yep. Good pick. Spin the wheel. What do you have here? All what right, do you got spin, spin, Let's see spin. what we got here. Ty Ty Washington. Okay, what do we got here? Norman Powell again. All right, what do we have here? Charlotte Hornets talk. What'd you got? No, what do you what do you what, have? What'd I, you land on? Oh, well, I have here on here, I have Sacramento Kings somehow. It landed on there. So Alvin Gentry right. <laughs> <laughs> I had a question on Alvin Gentry. All right, fine. It's a respin. Uh, did you see that Adam Silver today uh, said that it is likely that the play-in format will stick for the future of the NBA? They like the way this has gone for the last two seasons hmm. and that the play-in games will be there uh, for the future in the NBA. I have no problem with that. It just gives you extra revenue. These are games in which people will be able to watch. So I have no problem with that to play in. Sure, it, it's just another opportunity for a, for a team to get themselves in the mix. So I have no problem with that. And ultimately, no matter the play-in, we're still going to get Nets heat in the first round, right? Probably. We're gonna I, get I would that. say for the competitive spirit of uh, sport, I am uh, extremely against this. Uh, I understand it, though, like the way you laid it out. They they need to make more money, and this gives them an opportunity to have four games on TV, which are must-see TV, that they can uh, have like a week of the playoffs before the playoffs even start. So I get it. I understand the, 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 the need for the revenue, uh, but I don't think you should be diluting your product to the point where if you're 10th in a conference – you still have a chance to make the playoffs. To me, to me, there's uh, something that there's a it means something to make the playoffs. But if everyone can get in, or if you have a bad year, you get a chance at the end. I, I don't like that. All right, one more spin. Spin it. Another spin. All right, here we go. 
spin. No kings. No kings. No kings. No kings. No kings. Remember ah. the, the whammy? Yes. <laughs> no kings. No kings. No kings. No kings. All right, what did we land? No whammy. No whammy. No whammy. No whammy stop. No stop. <laughs> Saw the documentary on that. That guy cheated. He <laughs> he had the formula back in the eighties. He won was the eighty grand or something like sure, that. Hundred sure. grand. Yeah. He knew where the whammy wasn't. That was awesome. No whammy. He no cheated whammy, the system. No whammy. No whammy. No kings. Bucks, Heat, or the field to win the East. The Bucks, the Heat, or the field to win the Eastern Conference. Huh. It's a multiple choice. Yeah. No. Because because um, because what I'm what I'm really asking you is, do you think that Brooklyn has a run? And a possibility to win this thing. As much as we laud the the Bucks, and again, they're they're going to more than likely be the three seed here in the Eastern Conference. We'll see. What I'm ultimately asking you is, do you think that the Nets? Because I don't know if you'd look at the 76ers that way, but ultimately, I'm asking you, do you think the Nets could win it more so than the Bucks repeating or the Heat? I I do think I would take the Nets. Hmm. Uh, if you were saying it was Heat or Nets. But I'm going to take the Bucks and run away. Okay. So, so I'm going to take the Bucks and the Heat to answer the question because I think Milwaukee is the best team in the East, and I think they have the best chance to win uh, back-to-back titles. And I'll just have to, to play the wild card in hoping that the Heat could beat the Nets if they face off in the conference finals. The the Bucks could beat the Heat, and they matched up in the playoffs. Yes, I I agree. I believe that's the case. What I'm wondering is is that now that Kyrie's a full time player, right? What does that look like? Because they're the most dangerous eighth seed since uh, the Sonics took on the Denver Nuggets in the '90s with Matumbo uh, yeah. on the holding ground the holding the basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. That's a dangerous eight seed right there. Careful now. Watch him. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I just think if you're saying I can take Miami or Milwaukee, or Milwaukee. and then you take the field, yeah. I would still go with Miami and Milwaukee because I want Milwaukee. Okay. All right. There you have it. Yeah. No kings. No kings. No kings. No kings. No kings. Ah, uh, Western Conference playout games. Here we go. Says it right here. I like this category. It's been sitting here for weeks. Which team will make the playoffs first? Portland, Sacramento, or Oklahoma City? So Portland, this is um, I would say, it's, it's a trick question because I don't know in the offseason if Dame yeah. is going to want to stay. Because yeah. this, it could, without McCollum, I just think that's huge. It's not a. It's because McCollum's playing well in New Orleans. It, people are just like, well, you know, it's fine. Dame's still there. This could be a complete rebuild here. Well, I, w- I would say this: uh, if Damian Lillard is healthy, they're at least a thirty-five to forty-win team. I think. I know they only have twenty-seven wins at the moment, but Dame, I think Dame is that good. Uh, so they would be in the mix for the play-in. I, my answer would be Portland. I don't know what the Kings are doing, and Oklahoma City what? is just collecting picks. What, what's, what do you mean you don't know what Sacramento's doing? They're going to fire Alvin. God damn, if you're Alvin, you're just like, am I fired again? 
God almighty. Like, at some point, I'm going home. Well, I, would say, I would say this. He usually, his teams usually score the basketball really well. But stop firing me. Yeah. How many times has he been fired, Chris? Oh, yeah. Chris, A he's ton. been. He's been all over the league. Okay. Well, you know what? I like it, Alvin Gentry. I think I, he's good. I do, too. But just, like, you you got to stop firing him. He gets fired all the time. Like, he's not going to make this team. Like, Luke Walton is out. Alvin becomes the interim. And it's like, you're not going to let him build the program? Who wouldn't want a De'Aaron Fox? If I tell you you've got Sabonis via trade, and whatever you think of that trade, I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of you know players for players, and I don't know who's going to really win that trade. But Sabonis, Trey Lyles, uh, Harrison Barnes, you know, longtime veteran, uh, Justin Holiday and De'Aaron Fox with DiVincenzo on that team as well, and Jeremy Lamb. You can't build with that? You can't build something on that? Yeah, I'd like Fox. I think you could build with those pieces, no doubt. Okay, well, well let Alvin coach him, for don't, God's sake. Don't sakes. fire him then this offseason. I mean, he's going to get fired. That, that's really a shame. I mean, that's all the reports we keep reading. He's going to get fired. It's like, okay, so <laughs> can you find better? What, what, who's that, that top nut? Was, is, what is it, um, Bill Self coming in? Who's going to take care of this team? Oh, jeez. I hey, just, but- I just, I just, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, I, I just I just want you to know that I, we, we feel good about our team, Danny. We, we love our team. We weren't shit in the first half. What? <laughs> I, I, it was a great interview uh, on Cap and Jay Hood. I, I listened. <laughs> you, you know what? I I'm I'm happy for him because in a wide open tournament, uh, it's kind of cool to to see like the blue bloods at the end. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So that's what, exactly how it worked out. It's what I I knew there'd be upsets, and I figured okay, the best part is K's no longer there. K's out. He I'm lost Duke. twice in North Carolina. I'm Duke lost. I'm Duke. And so he's out. And then you had a nice national championship game. Very yeah, nice. I liked it. Yeah, it was a good game. I learned about the draft. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I learned about the draft in that game. I also learned that St. Peter's players thought they were such hot stuff that they oh, uh, want, yeah. all three of them want to go to the portal. Okay, good luck. <laughs> or, or, I think the draft, right? Are they all going no, to I the think draft? No, I think it's transfer portal. Yeah, I, th- portal I think they're portal. all leaving. And their coach went to Seton Hall. So they're, they're all, <laughs> goodbye, Peacock. Gone. Wow, that's quick. Well, Jonathan, this is great. Our uh, first fast break podcast here on the on the feed uh, that didn't air on the station. Uh, the show usually airs Saturdays from one to three here on ESPN One Thousand, but also we'll have fresh podcasts right here on the Fast Break Pod, uh, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. You said a half hour, but then once again, we continue to enjoy talking NBA. Close, we're close. <laughs> This is the closest we've ever gotten. <laughs> it's 50 minutes. This is how it works, everybody. When we start talking about the Bulls and the NBA. Well, there's only a few games left uh, for the NBA season as we record this. But, boy, the playoffs are right around the corner, and it should be a lot of fun. The regular season, had, a, had I thought the regular season has been really solid, but the uh, postseason is going to be a lot of fun. Once that bell rings, man, anything can happen. 
Check out Jonathan weekday mornings right here on ESPN 1000 with David Kaplan. It's Cap and Jay Hood, our new morning show here on ESPN 1000 from 7 to 10. And then also you can hear me, Black and Abdallah, uh, Chris Black with Adam Abdallah, weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Fast Break Podcast. No whammy. So long, everybody.